Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. I'm Brad Constantine. This is chapter 28 of 2 Nephi. While we're going through this, uh, this, since this is about the last day, see if you can rec recognize things that are happening today in fulfillment of the prophecies that Nephi is mentioning here. Beginning in verse 1, And now, behold, my brethren, I have spoken unto you according as the Spirit hath constrained me or compelled me, wherefore I know that they must surely come to pass. Now, a lot of times prophecies are conditional, but here he's saying that they're not. These shall come to pass. And the things which shall be written out of the book, meaning the Book of Mormon, shall be of great worth unto the children of men, and especially unto our seed, which is a remnant of the house of Israel. For it shall come to pass in that day that the churches which are built up and not unto the Lord, when the one shall say unto the other, Behold, I, I am the Lord's, and the others shall say, I, I am the Lord's. And thus shall every one that say, everyone say that hath, hath built up churches and not unto the Lord. This prophecy just mentioned was fulfilled with exactness in the early years of the 19th century. There was in the place where lived Joseph Smith wrote an unusual excitement on the subject of religion. It commenced with the Methodists, but soon became general among all the sects in that region of country. Indeed, the whole district of country seemed affected by it, and great multitudes united themselves to the different religions, religious parties, which created no small stir and division amongst the people, some crying low here and others low there. Some were contending for the Methodist faith, uh, some for the Presbyterian, and some for the Baptist. That is, upon inquiring about the plan of salvation, I found that there was a great clash in religious sentiment. If I went to one society, they referred me to one plan and another to another each one pointing to his own particular creed as the summum bonum of perfection. Most religious orders in our modern day are prone to take a moderate stance toward a single true, true, true church. Many claim that all roads lead to Rome, that all churches teach the truth, and that because God is so merciful, everyone will eventually inherit heaven's blessings. Doctrines are thus diluted and witnesses watered down such that, at least in the minds of a surprising number of modernists, all notions of one Lord, one faith, and one baptism are nullified through an undiscriminating ecumenism. And that was uh, Militant McConkie in Doctrinal Commentary of the New Testament. Verse 4, and they shall contend one with another. I'm sorry, documental, document, Doctrinal Commentary of the Book of Mormon. And they shall contend one with another, and their priests shall contend one with, the, with another, and they shall teach with their learning and deny the Holy Ghost. In the sense that they reject the restored gospel and thus do not allow themselves access to the Spirit's influence or power, which giveth utterance, and they deny the power of God, the Holy One of Israel, and they say unto the people, Hearken unto us, and hear ye our precept, the precepts of men. For behold, there is no God today, for the Lord and the Redeemer hath done his work, and he hath given his power unto men. Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. If they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord, believe it not. For this day he is not a God of miracles. He hath done his work. Isn't it nice that uh, such a good job that Satan has done to convince them of this so that when the Book of Mormon does come forth, they're already predisposed not to believe it. 
Uh, verse 7 begins the scripture mastery verse. Yea, and there shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it shall be well with us. And there shall also be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry. Nevertheless, fear God. He will justify in committing a little sin. Yea, lie a little. Take the advantage of, of one because of his words. Dig a pit for thy neighbor. There is no harm in this. And do all these things, for tomorrow we die. And if it so be that ye are, we are guilty... God will beat us with a few stripes, and at last he will be, we will be saved in the kingdom of God. I sometimes wonder if this isn't the plan that Satan had introduced uh, in the Grand Council um, before this world was, was created. Um, I know we often talk about the plan that Satan had, which was to compel us all to keep the commandments. And I think that my feeling is that it may be this that uh, he would have let us do whatever we wanted to do and then would have saved us, which would have then made uh, agency not relevant because it wouldn't have mattered what we did. We still would have been able to return back to God. So I think that that may be what, what he's doing today, I think, is what his plan originally was. But I don't know because I can't remember the pre-mortal life. I'm going to have to work on that. Um, all right. Verse 9, Yea, and there shall be many which shall teach after this manner false and vain and foolish doctrines, and shall be puffed up in their hearts, and shall seek deep to hide their counsels from the Lord, and their works shall be in the dark. And the blood of the saints shall cry from the ground against them. Yea, they have all gone out of the way. They have become corrupted because of pride and because of false teachers and false doctrine. Their churches have become corrupted, and their churches are lifted up because of pride they are puffed up. They rob the poor because of their fine sanctuaries. They rob the poor because of their fine clothing. And they persecute the meek and the poor in heart because in their pride they are puffed up. They wear stiff necks and high heads. Yea, and because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray, save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. One of the assertions of these chapters is that the conditions described are not isolated or local, but that they are worldwide, universal, and deeply entrenched among all peoples. This is not to say that there are no good people, nor people who desire to do good. But as Nephi observed, the whole of mankind have all gone astray, save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. The tenor of Nephi's prophecy is that the whole world is engulfed in pride, sophistry, worldly learning, false teaching, and wickedness. The apostasy has infiltrated the churches, but also false, false thinking and false philosophy have penetrated every avenue in human activity. Educational institutions, government, fam, government, gov, I'm sorry, let me start over. Educational institutions, government, families, business, industry, and all else. In the midst of this, the Book of Mormon comes to light. By miraculous means to guide those who have faith, it is especially effective because having been hidden in the earth for centuries and translated miraculously, it still contains its original purity and plainness. And that was from Robert Matthews. This is a solemn warning. Even the humble followers of Christ do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Take a look at your life and your family. In what ways have you been taught by the precepts of men? Has worldly teaching influenced your choices of media, your business practices, your relationship with family members, your sense of right and wrong, your sense of outrage? George Q. Cannon said, or suggested a way to evaluate our status. If the breach is daily widening between ourselves and the world, we may be assured that our progress is certain. However, slow. On the opposite hand, if our feeling and affections, our appetites and desires are in unison with the world around us and we freely fraternize with them, we should do well to examine ourselves. 
Verse 15, O oh, the wise and the learned and the rich that are puffed up in the pride of their hearts, and all those who preach false doctrines, and all those who commit whoredoms and pervert the right way of the Lord. Woe, woe, woe be unto them, saith the Lord God Almighty, for they shall be thrust down to hell. Woe unto them that turn aside the just for a thing of naught, and revile against those with that which is good, and say that it is of no worth. For the days shall come that the Lord God will speedily visit the inhabitants of the earth. And in that day that they are fully ripe in iniquity, they shall perish. But behold, if the inhabitants of the earth shall repent of their wickedness and abominations, they shall not be destroyed, saith the, saith the Lord of hosts. But behold, that great and abominable church, the whore of all the earth, must tumble to the earth, and great must be the fall thereof. For the kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up unto repentance. To the devil's chagrin, many persons in the last days who had once been a part of that great and abominable church, all churches save that of the Lamb, will forsake the pageantry and praises of the secular congregations to seek for that ap approbation which only the Lord God can give. Responding to that inner urge to worship the true and living God, they have gathered and will yet gather to the congregation of the saints, endure the crosses of the world, and come to despise the shame of it. This prophetic utterance also pertains to persons with membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but whose lives have not been fully consecrated to the Lord. These are they whose lack of commitment has barred them from the blessings of full citizenship in the kingdom of God. These face a day of decision. It is either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the devil. Those who continue to waver are eventually wafted into the hellish hordes of Beelzebub. That was from Doctrinal Commentary of the Book of Mormon. Uh, continuing verse 19, or the devil will grasp them with, it, with his everlasting chains and they be stirred up to anger and perish. For behold, at that day shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that which is good, those that are uneducated. And others will he pacify, and this is apathy, and lull them away into carnal security that they will say, all is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them carefully down to hell. President Kimball said, we have discussed elsewhere that um, other class of people who are basically unrepentant because they are not doing the commandments. They are church members who are steeped in lethargy. They, they neither drink nor commit the sexual sins. They do not gamble nor rob nor kill. They are good citizens and splendid neighbors, but spiritually speaking, they seem to be in a long, deep sleep. They are doing nothing seriously wrong except in their failures to do the right things to earn their exaltation. That was from President Kimball in Miracle of Forgiveness. Uh, down to verse 22. And behold, others he flattereth away and telleth them there is no hell. And he saith unto them, I am no devil, for there is none. And thus he whispereth in their ears, the educated, until he grasps them with his awful chains from whence there is no deliverance. Joseph Smith wrote, there is nothing... There is no greater injury to the children of men than to be under the influence of a false spirit when they think that they have the Spirit of God. All right, down to verse 23. Yea, they are grasped with death and hell, and, and death and hell and the devil, and all that have been seized therewith must stand before the throne of God and be judged according to their works. From whence they must go into the place prepared for them, even a lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. Therefore, woe, in other words, deep distress or suffering or grief, be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth, all is well. And these are members of the church. 
A general woe is pronounced upon the member of the church who is at ease in Zion, the man or woman who is not on guard against evil, who is not courageous in the fight against spiritual stupor and apathy. Those who have enlisted in the army of the Lord must ever be vigilant, ever on guard. That's from uh, the Doctrinal Commentary of the Book of Mormon. 26. Yea, woe unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe unto woe be unto him that saith, We have received, and we need no more. And in fine, woe be unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the true truth of God, liberals of our day. For behold, he that is built upon the, the rock receiveth it with gladness, and he that is built upon a sandy foundation tumbleth, trembleth, lest he shall fall. Woe be unto him that shall say, We have received the word of God, and we need no more of the word of God, for we have enough. From what we can draw from the scriptures relative to the teaching of heaven, we are, in, we are induced to think that much instruction has been given to man since the beginning, of which we do not possess now. This may not agree with the opinions of some of our friends who, who are bold to say that we have everything written in our Bible which God ever spoke to man since the world began, and that if, we ever had, if he had ever said anything more, we should certainly have received it. But we ask, does it remain for a people who never had faith enough to call down one script of revelation from heaven? and remain for a people who and for all they who have now are indebted to the faith of another people who lived hundreds and thousands of years before them does it remain for them to to say how much god has spoken and how much he has not spoken we have we have what we have and the bible contains what it what it does contain but to say that god never said anything more to man than is there recorded would be saying at once that we have at, least, at last received a, a revelation, for it must re require one to advance thus far, because it is nowhere said in that volume by the, rep by the mouth of God that he would not, after giving what is there contained, speak again. And if any man has found out for a fact that the Bible contains all that God ever revealed to man, he has ascertained it by an immediate revelation, other than has been previously written by the prophets and apostles. There's a quandary isn't there verse 30 for behold thus saith the lord god i will give unto the children of men line upon line precept upon precept here a little and there a little and blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel for they shall learn wisdom for unto him that receiveth i will give more and from them that say we have enough from him shall be taken from them shall be taken even that they that which they have Elder Maxwell warned of the dangers of this kind of attitude in these words. He says, events and circumstances in the last days make it imperative for us as members of the church to become more grounded, rooted, established, and settled. Jesus said to his disciples, settle this in your hearts that ye will do the things which I shall teach you and command you. If not so settled, the turbulence will be severe. If settled, we will not be tossed to and fro, whether by rumors, false doctrines, or by the behavioral and intellectual fashions of the day of the world, nor will we get caught up in the talk show mentality, spending our time like ancient Athenians, in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Why be concerned with the passing preferences of the world anyway? For the fashion of this world passeth away. Such members of the church, he said, give up give of their time, yet withhold themselves, being present without giving of their presence and going through the superficial motions of membership instead of the deep emotions of consecrated discipleship. 
Verse 31, Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Woe be unto the Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. They will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me, for mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. Joseph Smith said, Thus after this chosen family, the house of Israel had rejected Christ and his proposals, the heralds of salvation said to them, Lo, we turn unto the Gentiles. And the Gentiles received the covenant and were grafted in from whence the chosen family were broken off. But the Gentiles have not continued in the goodness of God, but have departed from the faith that was once delivered to the saints, and have broken the covenant in which their fathers were established, and have become high-minded and have not feared. Therefore, but few of them will be gathered with the chosen family. Have not the pride, high-mindedness, and unbelief of the Gentiles provoked the Holy One of Israel to withdraw his Holy Spirit from them, and send forth his judgments to scourge them for their wickedness? This is certainly the case. It would be difficult to miss the underlying message of 2 Nephi 26, 28 through 28, that the devil has been highly successful in beguiling humanity, corrupting the scriptures, invading the churches, and causing widespread wickedness and murders, deceptions, and apostasy. At the same time, the Lord, through faith and miracles, has brought forth his scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon, as a beacon to all who love righteousness. The deception of pride, riches, worldly learning, and public acclaim are clearly outlined in this prophecy. Again, we see that the mission of the Book of Mormon is not only to tell us what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, but also to detail what the gospel is not. I bear testimony of the truth of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, if you like this, you can uh, subscribe to it. That would be great. I'd love to see you on there. Bye.